0: Amen. Happy New Year. We missed y'all last week, and, uh, but we did have a real good visit back home. And um, I just got to tell you, I, I don't know exactly what heaven's going to be like, but I've now been to a Bucky's. And so since I know it's going to be better than that, those of us that know the Lord, I think we're going to, we've we got a lot to look forward to. And yeah, all I can say is wow. But um, anyway, it's good to be back. And at this time, we're going to have our kids to be dismissed. Miss Cindy is going to take them. And one of them is quite sugared up already, so um, good luck. But you know, this time of year, what do we do? We're, we're eat, somebody said eat. but <laughs> We just got through doing that. And so then we go into the new year, and it's all like, oh, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get healthier. I'm going to manage my money better. I'm going to... Work harder, I'm gonna be nicer to people, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And who's already broken it? Don't don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. We don't have to know that. I, I figured I'd just go ahead and bypass the middleman, I'll just break it and not make it. But but you know the church does the same thing, don't we? New Year. We're fired up. New we're 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 ready to we're we're gonna evangelize better, we're going to read our Bible every day, we're going to pray every day, we're going to make it to church more often, we're going to invite people to church, we're going to storm hell with a water pistol. <laughs> and then we get tired around February. And we forget what we're called to do. And we it, and we always whether it's in our personal life or whether it's in our church, we have all these great things that we feel like God is laying on our heart that we want to do. But where do we start? How do we get to where we're not talking about it anymore, but we're doing it? And how do we keep doing it? And I think Paul gives us some good advice on that. Um, If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Paul's letter to the church at Colossae. He wrote this letter because there were some teachings in the church that were distorting the gospel and were confusing the Christians there. And he wrote this letter to remind them of who Jesus is and what we as the church are called to do. And so we're going to look today at chapter 1 of Colossians. Verses 24 to 29. Colossians 1, 24 to 29. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up that which is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is the mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generations but has now been manifested to his saints to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom that we may, be present, that we may present every man complete in Christ. And for this purpose I also labor, striving... According to his power, which mightily works within me. Father God, I ask that you bless the reading of your word. That you bless this time that we have together. That you just speak to our hearts. That Lord, you hide me behind the cross. Let this be your message. Let this be your word that goes forth today. And Father, just challenge us as we go forward into this new year. Lord, to not grow weary and lose heart, but to follow You, to look to You, to serve You, and to take this gospel to the four corners of the world, starting right here where we are. And Father, we give You the honor, we give You the praise, we give You the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we go forward as the body of Christ into 2024... In order to carry out the purposes that God has called us to, it is important that we understand, first of all, the mission. We need to understand the mission. And one of the things we need to understand about the mission is it won't be easy. Paul says, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do share on my behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up that which is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 1, 5, For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort in abu- is abundant through Christ. In Romans 5, 3, he writes, And not only this, but we exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. If anybody told you that it's easy to be a Christian, they told you wrong. That's actually when it gets tough when you give your life to Christ because before you're in Christ, the the enemy doesn't need to attack you because he's already got you. When you come to Christ, he wants to make you ineffective. He wants to keep you from bringing anybody else to Christ and that's when the attacks come. They come individually and they come corporately. Anytime the church starts to make some steps in the right direction, and when I say the church, I mean the church. All Christians, not just the local expression of the body, but but we see it in the local expression of the body because anytime God is doing something, Satan tries to throw the monkey wrench in there. And he tries to, to, when we go one step forward, he tries to take us two steps back. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be struggles. But Paul says, I do this. I put up with the struggles. I put up with the difficulties for your sake. Because I remember the mission. I remember why I'm doing this. Philippians 2.17 says, But even if I'm being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. And he told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.10, For this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, that they may also obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal joy. Following Jesus is not easy. And he said it wouldn't be. He already told us in the world you'll have tribulation. But if we are going to take on the task to which he has called us, we have to be willing, we have to be willing To step outside of our comfort zone. We can't just do it when it's easy. We can't just serve God when it it fits in our little design of how it's supposed to work. There's going to be times that things happen in the church that's not the way we would do it if we were the ones drawing it up. But if God is leading us to do it, we need to trust that He knows better than we do. We need to trust that God's plan is going to work even if it doesn't make sense to us. Remember Joshua, march around the city, blow the trumpets, and the walls are going to come down. Really? But that's what happened. And we as the church have to be willing to get out of our boxes. And y'all, I'm talking to myself as much as I am anybody, because we're all creatures of habit. We all find a way that works for us and we want to stay there. But that's not what God has called us to do. God has called us to be bold and to step out of the boat and to trust him and to keep our eyes on him and we will walk on water. Maybe not literally. But figuratively and spiritually. And we have to be willing to endure the trials that will come along with serving Him. We can't let one little thing knock us off. And y'all, again, I need to work on it probably more than any of you do. We let one little thing upset our apple cart. And then it just ruins the whole day or the whole week. And we got to stop that. And we got to trust God that He's bigger than them apple carts. And He's bigger than the things that knock them over. So we need to understand that the mission won't be easy, but we also need to understand what the mission is. Why are we here? What's our purpose for gathering? Are we just supposed to come sit in this building for an hour and then go about and do our thing until the next time to come back? That's only a small part of what we're supposed to be doing. The mission, Paul says in verse 25, of this church... I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit that I might fully carry out the preaching of the Word of God. What is the mission? The mission is to take the Word of God out to everyone. Romans 15, 19 says, The power of signs and wonders, the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and round about as far as Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Our job is to take this word. Take God's revelation of himself to everyone. Colossians 1.23 says, If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established, steadfast, not moved away from the hope of the gospel, that which you have heard and was proclaimed under all creation, under heaven, of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Just like Paul, we are all called to proclaim the gospel. Not everyone is called to proclaim it from up here. He calls different ones to different forms of ministry, but if you're a child of God, you're a minister. You're a minister of the gospel. You have a pulpit. It may not be up here in the front of a church, it might be at your workplace, it might be at school, it might be in your neighborhood, it might be in your family, it might be in your household. But wherever it is God has you planted, that's where He wants to use you. That's where you proclaim the gospel. It's important that we don't lose sight of that mission and we don't let distractions get in the way from the gospel going forth into the world starting right here in our community. There are plenty of houses right around us that could fill this church up ten times over. If we're just intentional about taking the gospel out to those around us. I know last week Pastor Bill challenged us about bringing three. And it, just, it has to start somewhere. And it starts with the people that we see. And not everybody that you see is going to listen to me or going to listen to Pastor Bill but they'll listen to you. And, that, and we are all commissioned to do that. So we have to understand the mission. We also have to understand the message. The message has been revealed by God. It is that, verse 26, That is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to the saints. You know, yesterday, January 6th, is a significant day for a couple of reasons. Um one is a personal reason for for our family, it, it's our daughter's birthday. And um but in on the church calendar it is call is a day that is called Epiphany. Some of you may have heard that term. Um nine years ago I asked Mandy if we could name our daughter Epiphany and she said no. <laughs> <laughs> I think Epiphany Howard sounds good, but but, but she said no. But Epiphany is the twelfth day after Christmas. And it's usually associated with the visit of the wise men. And it's an appearance of the divine, the revelation of Jesus Christ to the entire world. It, it marks when God revealed what he was doing and his coming to the Gentiles, to the Magi from the east. And it's from the Greek word Epiphaneia. Which means manifestation, appearing, or brightness. And another Greek word, phanaru, means to appear, manifest, to make apparent, to show openly. And that's the word that Paul uses here in Colossians that God revealed himself. The message that we have is the message, not a message from ourselves, it's the message from God, the message that God revealed himself by becoming human, by coming to this earth. Dying for our sins, then coming in the form of the Holy Spirit and sending us His Word. And that is how He reveals Himself. 2 Timothy 1.10, Paul writes, But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The message that we have is that God has revealed Himself to us in the person of Jesus Christ. We have the written account of that revelation to share with others just as it has been shared with us. So the message isn't new. I don't know what to say. You got a whole book right here of what to say. And what God has done in your your heart, what your story is, that's what you say. And we need to understand that the message is for everyone. To whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Galatians 2, 7, Paul says, But on the contrary, seeing that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. Paul was sent to the Gentiles. Peter was sent to the Jews. God has revealed this good news to us, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile, but He has revealed it to all of us. So we should make sure that we, as the church, are taking this message to everyone and not trying to pick and choose who we will seek to reach. I'm glad people didn't pick and choose when, when, when I came to the Lord. I was accepted, my church rejoiced. And we should rejoice, it don't matter who walks through that door. And it don't matter who we encounter, the gospel's for everybody. If God can save me, he can save anybody. And we need to understand that. And we need to remember that. And as we go forward in this new year with this message, that understand that you're going to catch more fish if you're not throwing back the ones you don't like. Because we're all, and I hate to use, we're all in the same boat. I don't mean to say it that way. So we must understand the mission. We must understand the message. We must understand the method. How do we do it? If we're going to do this, if we're going to take this message out to the world, how how does it happen? How do we do it? Verse 28, and we proclaim him, admonishing every man, teaching every man with all wisdom that we may present every man complete in Christ. Preaching is part of it, as we've just said. Mark 16, 15, Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. As we said earlier, our mission is to make known the good news of Jesus to everyone. Proclaiming the gospel is one way that we do this. Also, correction, admonition. Galatians 6.1 says, Brethren, if a man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, lest you too be tempted. Part of our mission is to lead people away from their life of sin and toward a God who wants to forgive them and restore them. But we need to be sure that we're doing this in love. You know, here lately the church has got a bad reputation. Those guys are judgmental. They're exclusive. They, 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 they look down on anybody who doesn't do what they do. Who doesn't believe what they believe. How do we shake that? Whether it's true or not, how do we shake that? We shake it by understanding that the way we take the gospel out is through relationships. Relationships. You just can't meet somebody in the line at Walmart and tell them they're a miserable sinner and they're on their way to hell if they don't do something about it and think they're going to want to talk to you. They're going to run away as fast as they can. But maybe you see a team that they're wearing on their shirt, and maybe it's your team. Like occasionally I run into people from Louisiana. Okay, (laughs) more about that later. But... I'll see like an LSU hat or a Saints hat or something, and I start a conversation. And sometimes it ends up that we actually know the same people. Louisiana's not that big, so you, you know there's a few of us up here in this area. Some some will surprise you, but you um, find a common ground that you can start a conversation. Find shared interest. Find ways to build relationship. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. When you are starting to build a relationship with somebody, then that gives us the right. That gives us, we, we earn the right to share the gospel. We earn the right to tell them about Jesus. And we need to make sure that we go out in the world loving others. And not trying to pretend that we're any better than anybody else. Because we know we're not. And if we're transparent. And we're loving and we're real. And we're honest and we meet people where they are. Just like we want people to meet us where we are. That's how it happens. Just walking up to somebody you don't know and said, Hey, come to church with me Sunday. They might, they might not but to go to a friend that you've been building a relationship with and said hey just come with me Sunday morning and check it out you got a better chance of reaching that person for the lord we also do it through teaching Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Evangelism is important, but so is discipleship. Because somebody's got to catch the fish, and then somebody's got to clean the fish. I'll, I'll do the first one. I ain't got no interest in cleaning them. But that's why the teaching ministry of the church is vital. Because it helps people grow in the Lord. And when we bring people in, when we evangelize and we lead them to Christ, we can't just say, okay, you're a Christian now, good luck. We have to disciple them. We have to train them. We have to teach them. And and guess what? None of us graduate while we're still here. The learning process doesn't stop. Some of us have just been seniors for a really long time and I don't mean that by age. I mean that by our Christianity. So (laughs) I I figured I better clarify that for you. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But the point is the teaching ministry of the church is so important. And those who are called to that are so important. Because we need to learn this word. We need to learn what God has for us. And the goal of all of this, Ephesians 5.27 says that he might present to himself the church in all her glory. Having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that she should be holy and blameless. Our goal in the mission that God has given us should be the same for others as it is for ourselves. To grow daily in the Lord and to look more like Jesus every day. Because while we're here, while we're in this sanctification process, we we will never become perfect in this lifetime. But we can grow every day. And we we do. Because in our physical life, if a baby doesn't grow, you can't just stay a baby all your life. If we don't grow, we're going to die. And so the same way in our walk with the Lord, we need to be growing. We need to be learning. We need to be looking more like the Lord every day. So one more thing that we need to understand. We need to understand the mission. We need to understand the message. We need to understand the methods. And finally, we need to understand the means. And for this purpose I also labor, striving according to His power which mightily works within me. We need to understand that it's not from ourselves. We need to understand it's not for, uh, from ourselves. 1 Corinthians fifteen ten, Paul says, But by the grace of God I am what I am. And His grace toward me did not prove vain, but I labored even more than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Since God is the one who gives us power and strength, to do whatever he calls us to do, then the statement, I can't do that, is irrelevant. So you see, in the coming year, when the leadership of the church comes to you if you're not only already filling a role in the church and says hey we want you to serve on this committee we want you to serve on the deacon board we want you to teach this class we want you to sing in the choir we want you to play an instrument we we want you to to um, be involved in prayer ministry We want you to be involved in the finance or the administration of the church we we want you to be a part of the men's ministry of the women's ministry or the WMU or the mob or, or the children's youth ministry whatever's going on and you You answer to us. I can't do that. Guess what I'm going to say to you? I know you can't. Didn't ask you because you could. I ask you because God can. We don't do what we do because we can do it. Because we can't. We need to stop focusing on what we can't do and start focusing on what God can do. Well, we can't reach that many people. We're a small church. But I see some seats. We can reach some. And if we need to add more services, if we start filling it up, we can do that too. Because God can do that. We can't go on these trips. We can't give all these donations. But guess what? We we already do more as a congregation than we can do. And we've been doing it for years. And so have other churches. Because it ain't about what we can't do. It's about what God can do. And if we just get our focus shifted from ourselves to God. God's going to amaze you at what He'll do this year. So knowing all of this. We go forward. We go forward. We can't be complacent. I've done enough. I need a break. I'm going to just ride this one out. This thought came to me, you know, there's a lot of college football that that I watch during um, this time of year. And one of the thoughts that that came to me as, as I was praying the other day going through our daily Bible readings... I don't want 2024 to be a red shirt year. If you, know what, what, if you don't know what I mean by that, in, in college athletics, you, you can, there's a year that the players can sit out, not play, while they either get their grades up or prepare for the next season, and it doesn't count against their eligibility. But they call it a red shirt year, and they basically don't do anything. I don't want to take 2024 off to prepare for 2025. But I know a lot of people, and I, I can't say I've never been guilty of that, and a lot of churches, they get comfortable. Oh, we're all right. We don't need to push too hard this year. We had some good stuff happen in 2023, and, and we can just ride that. And yes, we did have some good things. God did some great things in 2023 in this church. We also had some challenges. Goes with the territory. But we can't just rest on what the Lord did last year. We have to attack 2024 by positioning ourselves to reach our community, nation, and world with the gospel. And it starts here. It starts in each one of us. This is only going to happen when we understand the mission, the message, the methods, and the means, and make ourselves available for God to use us to make kingdom impact in 2024. So what we need to ask ourselves is, when I'm teaching that class, when I'm singing in the choir when i'm serving on that committee when when i'm involved in in bible study when when i'm doing the the work of the church during the week that involves taking care of the facilities and the administration and the finances or or the sound equipment and all that stuff whatever i'm doing how is that making kingdom impact when I'm out in the world and I'm at my job and I'm in my class and I'm in my house and I'm in my neighborhood and, I, and I'm with my friends and my family, how am I making kingdom impact? How can I impact the kingdom of God every day with what I do and what I say even when I mess up? Because we're going to. Even when I'm having a bad day. going to happen. Even when I don't feel like it. Who does all the time? But it starts when the church is willing to take off the mask. And recognize that sometimes it's okay to not be okay. We don't have to put on our good face in here. And it's all all good. No problems. We know. Because we got them too. When the church... Gets real with herself. And we admit that we can't do this without the power of God working through us. And we call upon Him. And we adjust our focus to where it's all about God. It's all about the mission. It's all about taking this message that we have to those who don't have it. That's when we're going to see more and more start to happen. And it may look different from what we expect or what we're used to, but y'all that's okay too. Different's really not bad. That's why there's two different words in the dictionary, different and bad are two completely different words. They don't mean the same thing. It's all right. Because if God's in it, it's going to be better than anything we can imagine. And we don't have to do anything but make ourselves available. And it's going to take all of us. We can't just have 10 to 20 people doing everything. Because it's easy to get burnt out when that happens. So we need you. And we need those who you will bring. That aren't here yet, but they will be. Because we trust God for it, so would you, as we start this new year, commit to do your part? And God will show you what that is. That's I I don't have the list of who's supposed to do what. I wish I did; it'd be a lot easier. But God will reveal to you what He wants you to do. And if we work together, we're going to see an impact for the kingdom in this community and in this church. And I'm not ready to give up, and I don't think you are either. So as we sing this final song, if there's something God's laid on your heart, if you need to make those, if you're ready to make those commitments public, come forward, let me pray with you. And share with you, maybe you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life today. Would you come and let me share with you how you could do that? Maybe there's something else God's laid on your heart that that you need to do. This is your time to respond. This is your time to be obedient to what God is saying. And if nothing else, as we sing this last song, commit in your heart to being open to whatever God wants to use you for in 2024. So you be obedient as we stand, as we sing.